One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Come through, queen. I want to see you come through, queen. Hi, everyone. It's Dan. And Brendan. And this is Come Through, Queen. The professor has arrived, and class is officially in session. Hey, Brendan. What is happening? So we are blessed by the news gods that a ton is actually happening this week because we know for sure nothing is happening on Bravo. I know. Here I was watching Below Deck the other night and like relishing in it because there's nothing else. Really? You are? Yeah. And I realize I, I think it's a good show. And I know that a lot of like Bravo fans agree. It gets like much bigger viewership than Housewives at this point, I think. But like it is, it is interesting. And there was some aspects that I liked. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think if I were to go on a journey, it would be married to medicine before I go on the below deck, below deck journey. Mm-hmm. Cause I think that would be more in our wheelhouse. Right. You know? Well, we've traditionally called Below Deck a het show. Yeah. Um, though it's funny because it has like some of the only queer representation on Bravo with Captain Sandy. But yeah, it's it's good. I mean, I like Below Deck Med, I think, better than I like Below Deck Regular. And Below Deck Med is the one that's currently airing. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking what I can get. Sure. Look. Thankfully, New Yorkers are turning this week. We'll be covering that next week. Beverly Hills is just around the corner. And most importantly, Potomac is a mere month away. I know. So happy about that. We were supposed to already have like two months with Potomac, right? Wasn't it supposed to originally come out in May or June? It was originally supposed to come out, I feel like in May. Yeah. Yeah. But I I think they made the right choice. I do too. Because I don't think our future does not look bright right now. Mm-hmm. You know? Okay. We got to start 
with the news that has been rocking us to our core since it broke. I think some of like the most intense Housewives news ever. So we are hitting up a source we have never used. <laughs> We've used People Magazine. We've used Us Weekly. TMZ. We TMZ. Six. Uh, Tamara Tattles. Yeah. Uh, Reality TT. Whatever mm-hmm. like that website's called. Uh, instead, today we are turning to the United States Department of Justice website. <laughs> Love it. This is straight from their website. Copied and pasted it myself. The ex-husband of one of the stars of the Bravo television show, The Real Housewives of New Jersey, and an organized crime soldier were arrested today on charges of planning and carrying out an assault on the Bravo star's current husband in exchange for a lavish wedding reception, U.S. Attorney Craig Carbonito announced. Okay, I want I want to clarify one thing first. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like people have been already misreading this first paragraph in terms of calling Tommy Manzo the, or, the organized crime soldier. So like the and there are referring to two different people. Mm-hmm. So there's Thomas Manzo, 55 of Franklin Lakes, New Jersey, and John Perna, 43 of Cedar Grove, New Jersey, are each charged with it by indictment with committing a violent crime in aid of racketeering activity and conspiracy to commit a violent crime in aid of racketeer, racketeering activity. The indictment also charges Perna, identified in the indictment as a soldier in the Lucchese crime family, with conspiracy to commit wire and mail fraud related to the submission of a false car insurance claim, and Manzo with falsifying and concealing records related to the federal investigation of the violent crime. Both defendants will make their initial appearances today by video conference before U.S. Magistrate Judge Kathy L. Waldor. Any any questions or thoughts before I go further? So I guess like I didn't realize that years ago when people were using the term soldier on Real Houses in New Jersey to refer to like people who were like coming to the defense of uh, mm. Teresa, that that was an official term that was like based in this kind of like mafia mob stuff. Mob culture, yeah. Mob culture. Yeah. So like that would make like Teresa the godfather mm-hmm. and everyone the soldier wow you, you know okay you would think that instead of godfather if they're using soldier they go for like general or something <laughs> well i think they're they're like different levels you know okay if i get if something happens to me <laughs> we know why <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you're gonna get whacked <laughs> okay In the spring of 2015, Manzo, one of the owners of the Brownstone restaurant in Patterson, New Jersey, allegedly hired Perna to assault his ex-wife's then-boyfriend in exchange for a deeply discounted wedding reception for Perna held at the upscale wedding venue. Perna, who is a made man in the Lucchese crime family with his own crew, worked with his associates to plan and carry out the assault, which took place in July of 2015. 
In exchange for committing the assault, Purna held a lavish wedding reception at Manzo's restaurant for a fraction of the price, which was paid by another Lucchese associate and close friend of Manzo's. The wedding and reception held August 2015 were attended by approximately 330 people and included many members of the Lucchese crime family. Okay. Okay, so... You know, you listeners know the two of us. We went to work immediately. If you click on the link on the Department of Justice's website, they have the full indictment, which lays out this whole thing in much further detail. A detail that includes that this assault took place on July 18th, 2015. Now, my head started spinning. And I thought, there, I have a feeling about this. I looked up Lauren Manzo's wedding date, and it was the same date that the assault took place. Jeez Louise. Dina Manzo was at Lauren's wedding. Now, this was early on in Dina's relationship with the boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, I am picturing in my brain, like I haven't been able to, to find these facts. Like I haven't found a picture of Dina and the boyfriend at the wedding. Mm-hmm. I would imagine she would go to the wedding without the boyfriend. Uh, Lexi was actually one of the bridesmaids. Mm-hmm. Tommy's going to be there because not only does he, not only is he an uncle to the bride, but owns the restaurant where, I mean, owns the reception hall where they're getting married. Mm-hmm. So she would probably not bring the new boyfriend, I would imagine. Yeah, and in my imagination, and I don't know if I'm making this up or if I heard Dina speak to it, her and Caroline were already estranged at this point. So I think what she did is probably went to the ceremony and maybe the beginning of the reception, but left early, that Mm. type of thing, you know? Wasn't going there to like have the night of her life, was going there literally just for her daughter and her niece. Yeah. So I wonder if this is planned out, like the boyfriend will be not with Dina during this time. True, yeah. You know what I mean? And then also, we all know that Dina moved to LA shortly after this happened in 2015. Mm -hmm. I mean, trying to get literally as far away as you possibly can. While still being in the country. And then also, friend of the show, Pishlarm, pointed out that around this time is when her return to the Housewives was airing on television. Right. So she would have already shot it, but... Yeah. Yeah. What's And then this is also not to be confused with the in-home burglary that took place in 2017 Mm -hmm. where she was actually present with the boyfriend now husband Mm -hmm. and that that was like they were tied up right yeah and the person who was arrested for that also has ties to the mob as well it's really wild okay it like paint a completely different picture in your brain as to 
Dina and Caroline's relationship? Oh, 1,000%. I always thought it had more to do with the show and the fame. To some extent, Teresa. I thought it had to do with, like, Caroline talking publicly about the issues that Dina faced after Danielle, like, exposed the fact that, like, her, Dina's ex-husband, Lexi's dad, like, didn't actually sign the papers to allow her to be on the show. Yeah, Lexi's dad, who is not Tommy Manzo. Right. And, like, Dina apparently almost lost custody around that. And then that was brought up by Caroline on the season one reunion. Yeah. So I thought a lot of it was, like, stemming from that and other issues. But, I mean, I used to be, like, these damn siblings just, like, can't get along. And, like, they need to, like, Work it out. Yeah, they need to work it out. But now I see why Dina doesn't want to work it out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to me, it's clear this would not have been just an isolated, out-of-nowhere incident. True. Like, there would have had to have been, like, animosity between Dina and Caroline's brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's kind of fucked that, like, Caroline is not siding with her sister. <laughs> yeah, and to be let's read Caroline's statement. So Caroline has spoken out about this. She told Extra TV, quote, we are heartbroken. This is family on both sides. I want to know the truth and my allegiance will be with the truth. We don't run from things like this. We address them and I feel comfortable with that because we are being painted with a brush that does not reflect who we are as people. Not like this awful thing happened to my sister's boyfriend, now husband, like all of my love to my sister, none of that. But to me, it's not even like, it's not even, the act upon the boyfriend slash husband is an act of intimidation against Dina. Mm -hmm. Like, even though it didn't happen to her, it's like something targeted to her, you know? Totally, yeah. I just think, like, Caroline, like, Caroline in season one, especially, coming across, like, a mob boss with her, like, we're as thick as thieves shit. Yeah. Now, looks a little different to me, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, you pulled up some stuff from famed website, Fame Horror Guz. Yeah, so it's just like a little more insight, I think, into potentially some of the stories around Dina and Tommy's relationship, Tommy Manzo's relationship. Yeah. And the Fame Horror Guz is a very thorough and psychotic website dedicated. It was mostly dedicated to shitting on the Gorgas when they joined the franchise, but they ended up like exposing a bunch of shit about all people. I mean, it reads very much as a fan fiction. Yeah. So take this, this is not the department of justice website. Take this all with a grain of salt. Right. So this is specifically about the marriage. So, the fame horgers are saying Jacqueline implied during the season one finale that Dina had a business arrangement, not a real marriage with Tommy who cheated on her both before and after their marriage. And that Tommy agreed to marry Dina on camera for VH1's 
my big fat fabulous wedding to help launch her reality tv career for al and tommy the brownstone would be prominently featured as the event facility for the wedding which would lead to an increase in bookings so tommy's and alan caroline's motivation was to boost revenue for the family business the vh1 wedding special was taped in 2005 to 2006 and aired in 2007 which was the same year Dina signed her Bravo contract for Housewives. So it did launch her career. The Housewives casting story is that Dina and Jacqueline were chosen for the original cast, then Dina recruited Teresa, and then Jacqueline suggested two other mutual friends. Probably Dolores. Probably Dolores. When the two other friends dropped out, Jacqueline suggested Caroline, and production found Danielle Staub when they were scouting the Chateau Salon in Franklin Lakes. Tommy, who played his part by marrying Dean on camera, wanted nothing to do with reality TV and declined to participate in Housewives. But Al decided to make some cameo appearances to help promote the Brownstone. From the jump, like, it just proves how dumb all the New Jersey people are. Because they agreed to go on camera with all of these skeletons in their closets. I mean, like, think about Teresa and Joe. And then now we're finding out all this stuff about the Manzos. So... I went back when this all broke to see if you can still easily find my big fat fabulous wedding. And it's been pretty much scrubbed from the internet. There was a time a few years ago that I had recently watched the episode. Mm -hmm. And it was such an interesting look back because Caroline is heavily in it. Uh, Tommy's in it and happy to be there. Mm-hmm. Well, the other story I heard is that, like, he comes across as an asshole and he was, like, dragged publicly after it aired. So he didn't, that's why he didn't want to participate in Housewives. Yeah. What, <laughs> like, what, what do you make of this? Where do we go from here? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I'm just going to be, like, watching social media, seeing if anyone is really speaking out about this. Um, I like was on Dina's feed yesterday. She didn't have anything new watching Teresa's to see. It's just so crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting that there had been so much talk of a Caroline Manzo return for so long. And Mm -hmm. I really do not see that happening at this point. Oh yeah. No way. But this completely kills that. Totally. Though, like, I mean, like, I would like to watch whatever the fuck is unfolding, but I don't want, like, garbage people to be paid for it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Speaking of people coming back or not coming back, Candy Burris was doing what looked like an Instagram live or some sort of live chat with T.S. Madison. Mm Mm-hmm. Just chatting about Atlanta. Candy confirms... She got her letter, and there's been a lot of talk about the letters recently. Yeah, specifically specifically in Atlanta, they talk about the letters. So Candy got her letter, as did Kenya. Good. There's a lot of talk about Nini still going back and forth, especially the way she's behaving online. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about at least Candy and Kenya coming back? I mean, Candy at this point is the Atlanta OG to me. Yes. Um, I think she's 
a great little stable force for the show. I enjoy watching her. Some people call her boring, but I enjoy her. Um, and then Kenya is a wildfire sometimes, and we like that. I think Kenya would succeed on the show with without Nini. Mm-hmm. You know? Agree. Because, like, Kenya's ready to play. She'll play with anyone, even her best friend, Cynthia. Mm-hmm. But Nini doesn't want to play with anybody. I know. Nini just wants to get a big-ass check and, like, I guess, like, host, like, parties but not get into drama, which, that's not the point. Yeah. But speaking of the Nini of it all, I want to jump over to some shows that were announced for E, which is part of the NBC Universal Cinematic Universe, mm-hmm. which seems to be a possible parachute out for Nini. Mm-hmm. So NBC Universal Cable Network has greenlit eight episodes of Celebrity Call Center, where a group of famous people give advice over the phone. He is also developing a pair of makeover shows, Glam Squad Showdown, hosted by Nene Leakes and Brad Goreski, and The Seven Year Stitch, hosted by Dr. Terry Dubrow and former Real Housewife Heather Dubrow. So Celebrity Call Center is based on a British format and will give people the chance to receive advice from celebs on fun, lighthearted, and relatable topics, including family, relationships, friends, and work. The participating stars will tap into their own experiences and funny anecdotes to help callers through their situations. I saw a clip of this and it's clearly such a show in the time of COVID. Interesting. In terms of like, just what can we shoot given these circumstances? Right, exactly. So let me um, give you a list of the participant participants and you tell me if you care or don't care. Okay. Brie and Nikki Bella. They are WWE? Yeah, I mean, there is an e-show. It's like the Bella sisters. I always see commercials when we dip into a Kardashians moment. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) Candy Burris and Todd Tucker. I care about half. I'm actually curious to see Todd participating in this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Todd Chrisley. No. Yeah. Is I, he the younger one? No, he's like the Chrisley knows best, I think. Okay. I thought that was Chris Chrisley. I I I could not tell you. But in the clip I I thought I saw that older man. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of Chris Christie. <laughs> oh my god. Wow. Um, I don't care. You don't care. Okay. And specifically because he was like abusive towards his daughter. He like aired some of her like personal information about who she had sex with, if I remember oh, correctly. Didn't we talk about this somewhere? Maybe. I listened to it on, on some podcast. Huh. Okay, this one's really weird. Mikey Day. I, I don't know. I care, kind of. He was on SNL. Is he still on SNL? He, is he? Yeah, I think he is. Uh, he appears to still be on SNL present day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just like, what What are you doing here? <laughs> I just think like maybe he needs a 
job right now because okay. SNL isn't coming back anytime soon, I don't think. Sure. But they're doing those little online segments, aren't they? I think they did one of those. No, no, they definitely did more than one. I swear to God. Did they, Then they did like two, but they're like off for the rest of the season. Yeah. Okay. Terry and Heather Dubrow. I guess I care. Yeah. I mean, more so I care about their show that we'll get into, but mm-hmm. yeah, I care about that. Okay, Vivica A. Fox. Care, of course. Care. NeNe Leakes. Mm, don't care. See, you know what? Here's the thing. I do not like NeNe on Housewives, but I could see a world where I enjoy her in other programming. I liked her on like Glee. I liked her on The New Normal. Yeah, so maybe that's like a sign of what's to come. Mm-hmm. Okay, Lonnie Love. Care. Especially based off the strength of her Celebrity Drag Race performance. Mm-hmm. Dorinda Medley. Care. I cannot wait to see the sage advice she gives. Like, I don't know who wants to get advice from her, but here we go. Yeah. Okay, now this, <laughs> this takes a turn. Alyssa Milano. <sighs> I'll pass. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, Kelly Osborne. Oh, major pass. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> and then Ooh. last and definitely not least, Shangela. Care, of course. That should have been like in the headline. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I just wanted to say about Lonnie Love. Um, she recently appeared on The View and I love when The View has guests from other shows of its format. I didn't realize that was even allowed. I, I didn't realize it, but it's COVID, so it's different. Huh. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, at least they weren't, like, sharing the space. They were just sharing online space. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Okay. Now, a l- little bit more details on the two shows I referenced earlier. Glam Squad Showdown, hosted by Leeks and Goreski. The competition will feature two celebrity friends or co-stars pitting their team of hairstylists, makeup artists, and wardrobe consultants in makeover challenges in which they pull subjects from the studio audience. Thoughts? Eh. I mean, Brad does a good enough job during like the Oscars pre-show pre-show. Mm-hmm. And if this convinces Nini to just get off Housewives, great. Like, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I will say I had the biggest crush on Brad when I was in college and I watched the Rachel Zoe project or whatever. Mm. His crying ass every fucking week. Wow. Couldn't get enough. So yeah, I, I guess I support it. Okay, and then the seven-year stitch, couples nearing their seventh wedding anniversary get seven weeks to give their relationships a real and metaphorical facelift via cosmetic surgery, fitness training, and counseling. It's Heather so and Terry Dubrow host and executive produce with David Kaplan. That is so wild. I feel like... You know, Terry has been planting and sowing the seed with with E, and mm-hmm. Heather is now getting to see it blossom. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, I do think that they're capable. They have a successful relationship and seem to have, like, a really good relationship and, like, a good family. I mean, they're afforded, like, all the privilege in the world to sure. in order to do that, but... Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a weird, 
the focus on like plastic surgery and like fitness seems weird for 2020 to me. Hmm. Like botched is one thing because like you're literally like fixing a problem, sure. but like I don't know, a plastic surgery show is like we're gonna like fix your marriage by plastic surgery and fitness. That's yeah, I weird. Wanna be, I want to be beautiful. <laughs> okay. We have a big week in terms of taglines this week. So, so many taglines. Something happened that has never happened <laughs> in over it's ten years. In ten year, over ten years of Housewives, we are getting mid-season new taglines. It's like we took a break for a couple weeks. Tinsley's gone, so we need a refresh. We need oh. to get. Heather and Terry in here for a refresh. Yeah. What do you what do you think about this? I just think they like I think that Bravo is having a tough time right now because they're having to literally not have episodes of their shows air. Yeah. Roni isn't the critical darling it has been in past years. Yeah. So they're trying to like bring excitement. Yeah. I I think it's good in terms of getting us paying attention to Roni again after a little break, mm-hmm. you know, for the people who might've fallen off. Let's dive into the taglines themselves and see if there's any you like. Okay. Dorinda Medley, like a mint, like a mint in my mouth. I can be a bit fresh. <laughs> for me, it's all the delivery with this Dorinda one and she sells it. She sells it, but the in my mouth part always takes me for like <laughs> a loop. Like, why is, why is the, the mint in your mouth? Oh my God. And then also, what is this re- referring to? Because she can be fresh. Okay. Sonia, I'm no one's arm candy, I'm the whole bowl of sugar. I mean, direct reference to something that already happened this season. So there's that. There's that. I mean, usually the taglines are either a direct reference to something that happened the prior season or more of a generic story reference to what will be happening for them this season. Mm -hmm. So this is like a, a strange combination of that. Yeah. You know, I feel like Roni specifically references like niche references like these though more than any other city. Yeah, Ramona Singer. So what if I'm self-involved? Who else would I be involved with? It's fine. Yeah, I think it's actually an improvement from her part one of the season tagline. Mm-hmm. Okay, Leah McSweeney. I'll say sorry for what I've done, but never for who I am. I mean, this is, like, obviously, she's had to say sorry a lot this season. Yeah. For, like, her drunken exploits. So, another self-referential queen. But I think this is opposite of Ramona in terms of her first tagline was better. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, last, Luann, I rise above the drama and won't settle for the lower level. I mean, referencing Candy's iconic song. Yeah. Yeah. 
like and a Ramona's basement. A She's not yeah. afraid to reference or not reference. She's such a, oh my God. <laughs> okay. Uh, we also got some Potomac Housewives. Why don't you run us through those? Okay. So, Karen, honey, the grand dom, dun- oh my God, sorry. <laughs> I need to like practice this. Um, honey, the grand dom, don't repeat history. She makes it. Love it. Especially with too. her in the Grand Dame center champagne flute position. It's where she deserves. Yeah, it's where um, she deserves. <laughs> Giselle, I'm still the baddest thing walking and the most anointed one talking. Hmm. So, like, obviously referencing her getting back together with her husband, right? Yeah, her, her ex-husband. I miss the word on the street. I do miss the word on the street. Um... Ashley, now that I've got my baby, that's the only crap I take. <laughs> I I love the the thought process behind this. I'm not sure the phrasing makes a ton of sense. <laughs> right, because it's implying that she takes a crap on her baby. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god. god. Okay, Candace, reading is fundamental, and honey, I own the library. Love it. Very drag race ad- adjacent very good delivery yes um robin i live in a house full of ballers but i never get played love it didn't she literally get played by one no because now he, it's we're coming full circle like a ball okay and then monique maybe if you tried a little harder you wouldn't have to try me that one's good i like it and then wendy our newest housewife the professor has arrived and class is officially in session. Maybe my favorite. I think so too. Like a coming in with a bang. Have we ever had a professor? Hmm. Hmm. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. Bethany okay. will be next. Do you want to move on and talk about Ramona and the antibodies? Okay, this is going to be a journey, so bu- buckle <laughs> up. We're going. We're strapping for the Ramona coaster. Like I don't know if you're if you've ever ridden a roller coaster. This is going to be one of those ones where you have to like pull down from above to really. Oh yeah. You, in. you know what yeah. I mean. And I also read Life on the Ramona coaster. As did Alex. Nice. Okay. So this was revealed as a People Magazine exclusive. Plenty of quotes by Ramona Singer. Ramona Singer is revealing new information about her health amid the coronavirus pandemic. Ramona and her daughter, Avery, both tested positive for the COVID-19 antibodies. She tells People exclusively, we both found out we have the antibodies. So we donated our plasma. Wow. Something gay and bi men and others in the LGBTQ community can't do. Yeah. Something we have yet to achieve. (laughs) Looking back, Ramona says she felt mild symptoms in February, but due to lack of information and testing availability at the time and her coinciding Lyme disease diagnosis, she was never tested for the virus. She recalls, I had no energy. I just wanted to stay in bed all day. I felt very tired. And I also had severe headaches. Testing positive for the COVID-19 antibodies indicates that a person has been exposed to the virus, 
However, the CDC has warned that currently available antibody tests may not be accurate and should not be used to determine if someone is immune to COVID-19. In early March, both Ramona and her daughter joined her ex-husband Mario Singer in Boca Raton, Florida to self-isolate together as a family. <laughs> but when Avery, 24, arrived in the Sunshine State, she began feeling under the weather as well. Ramona says she thought maybe she just had a cold or a sinus infection because she wasn't able to taste food and she lost her taste of her sense of smell. We kept her quarantined in a separate part of the home because not realizing I had already been sick, I was afraid of my Lyme disease, I weakened my immune system, and I would be more vulnerable to catching the illness. In May, Ramona, Mario, and Avery decided to get tested for coronavirus antibodies. She said, we all got tested. Avery and I both tested positive, but Mario was negative. We're also lucky we have our health. Ramona also says her Lyme disease symptoms are gone. She credits maintaining her workout routine and eating clean and says she stayed in close touch with her doctor. I'm so focused on my health. I have such a strong immune system that my body fought it off. I'm very blessed. After consulting with her doctor and getting clear to travel, Ramona and Avery left Florida earlier this month. The reality star said she took every necessary safety precaution while flying before returning to her house in the Hamptons. She said, when I was on the plane, I wore a mask the whole time. I wore gloves the whole time. And I was washing everything down. I was and continue to be extremely socially responsible. Uh, looking back on our quarantine experience, she says spending three months in Florida with her ex and daughter brought them together closer as a family. It was so special. The memories that Avery is going to walk away with is just beyond. I made a dinner for our last and she made a toast and she hugged her daddy. She just said this was the best experience. She said, even though this was a bad situation for the country and the world, this is the most positive experience I could ever have. Mm. Ramona adds, we made lemonade out of lemons, I have to say. We really did. Okay. Can we talk about this before we get to the other part of the story? Yeah. Because as somebody who has been watching the social media feeds of both Avery and Ramona really closely since COVID-19 started. Yeah. Or came to this country rather. Um, I have to call bullshit on like her whole paragraph about how Avery quarantined in one part of the house. Like, no, like we saw you all on Instagram together every night having dinner. I know there, there was not a 14 day stretch where Avery was not shown on Ramona's feeds. Also, they were in a like a like an apartment, not like some huge house with like many areas to go to. <laughs> like does does she think we're all dumb? We saw you. Yeah, she thinks we are all dumb. She is releasing this antibody propaganda on the heels of page six's report from the day before. Mm -hmm. Page six reports, a Hamptons insider was stunned to arrive at a house in Bridgehampton on Saturday night to find a packed party that looked as if COVID never happened with Donald Trump Jr. and girlfriend Kimberly Gulfoy. Gulfoyle. Gulfoyle among the revelers. Okay, I got a first interject this reminds me of like uh you know the videos or pictures that people take 
like out and about during COVID and being like, oh my God, look at all those people, these people around me. And it's like, you're, you're one of them. I know. <laughs> like you didn't just stumble into the house. You were invited and decided to go. <laughs> I, it's crazy. Okay. Our spy estimated there were about 100 partiers who our source says were maskless at the bash at the 51 Sandpiper Lane Mansion hosted by famed Hamptons builder, Joe Farrell, who owns the pricey pile and is selling one down the road for 15 million. Uh, Joe so, Farrell, does that sound familiar? Yes, we went to his house on Roney this year already. And then that's also the guy who like owns part of Equinox and SoulCycle and everything that everyone was boycotting, right? Yeah. Okay. The event was days after Long Island entered phase three of reopening, and while COVID cases surged in some parts of the country, had a caterer and uniformed bartenders. A source close to Don Jr. told us that the pair only stayed for about an hour and that it was an outdoor event on the building's roof. Our sources claim Ramona Singer also attended Saturday's shindig. Neither she nor Farrell responded to our request for comment. Meanwhile, it seems that the guests are being uncharacteristic characteristically cagey about the party. Don Jr., Gilfoyle, Farrell, and Singer have all been mum on the party on their social media. Interesting. Isn't it interesting? I mean, like, Ramona's been posting from the Hamptons, but only stuff from her own house. Though she did post, like, photos of her making some sort of lunch that seemed to be, like, for a big group of people. So I think she's even posting parties at her own house at this point. Okay. But I guess she has the antibodies. Yeah, she has the antibodies. And now, a word about our sponsor, Best Fiends. If you haven't tried it by now, what are you waiting for? You know what I'm talking about. The hit mobile puzzle game, Best Fiends, where you match three or more of the same color all while recruiting a team of unique bug characters that will help you take down the enemy slugs. I just hit level 165, and I'm celebrating Fiend Dependence Day with Pitmaster Newt and his grill in the beach barbecue, as well as the grand opening of Biebert's Botanical Garden. That's what's so fun about the game. They add new events every month to keep it fresh for players like me who can't get enough. It's so easy to just pick up and play since the game is always with me on my phone. Engage your brain with fun puzzles and collect tons of cute characters. Trust me, with over 100 million downloads, this five-star rated mobile puzzle game is a must-play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. This has been a whirlwind, but we do have a program that is stuck by us now for months and months and months, RuPaul's Drag Race. Good program. We are in the heat of All-Stars, season five. I'm loving it. I love being back with old friends. I love this mix of queens. Yeah. It's a great mix. It's a little mix. It's a little mix. We Cracker are... looked like a member of Little Mix on the runway this week. Really? Yeah, just like, it was like her out, which we'll get to her outfit was a very girl band. Oh, like she like it was Salute. 
little mess. Yeah. I thought you meant she looked like a specific member of, of the group. No, no. It's like something that like Little Mix would wear in a music video. Sure. Okay. Okay. So we re-enter the workroom. Shay is shook. We learn, well, she's not shook at this point. She's just like thanking the girls. Like, thank you for keeping me. Mm-hmm. And she then finds out two of the gals voted her out. I know. Mayhem and Alexis. I know. And their reason their reasoning doesn't like quite add up, but like I see them trying. So to me, this is like one of those things where like if you take a shot for the queen, you better not miss. Exactly. If Alexis and Mayhem were such good friends with Mariah, why did they not get Mariah vote Shay out as well? Mm-hmm. Exactly. You, even though they were teammates, like, listen. It's you or her. And to me, it's like once Mayhem announced that she voted Shay out, why didn't Alexis just keep her mouth shut and let Shay believe that it was Mariah who voted for Shay? Oh. Right? I didn't think about that. Yeah. That's what I would have done. So at this point, Mariah was the third queen voted out, right? Mm-hmm. Or the fourth queen, the third queen, third, the third. So that means there were eight people total. We had Juju lip syncing, mm-hmm. so that's down one. So we had seven votes in the jury. You would have needed four to be eliminated, mm-hmm. right? So Mariah would not have been enough. They would have needed one more person to get rid of Shay. Wait, Juju gets to vote, though. But right? she, she's not she's not voting as part of the, like. Oh yeah, she just gets to choose. Yeah, you're right. Individually. Sorry. These rules are so confusing this year. <laughs> no, but I like them. I think it's making it so much more interesting. Yeah, totally. I like them too. It's just like confusing to think through. Yeah. Um. They discuss when they return to the workroom the next day. Also, how the winner keeps ending up in the bottom the next episode. Mm-hmm. So that's like pot- possible foreshadowing for Juju. But mm-hmm. this is another acting challenge, which obviously Juju's not. Right. Uh, we have producer pick teams, which this time around I thought were much better than last week's producer pick teams. Mm-hmm. Putting Shay and Alexis together was great. Mm-hmm. I just like another acting challenge and then another team challenge yeah i like this one more than last week's though yeah i agree we had blair cracker and juju and we had india and mayhem mm-hmm. now i feel like the india mayhem setup was meant to put them in the down. bottom yeah because like both of them had already not been doing great so far mm-hmm so well I though that, i mean like india had her week but that was a week one and then she had been in the bottom of the past two weeks right so we have a little housewives reference the the fake housewives of tuckahoe mm-hmm. there's a place there's an actual place named tuckahoe right near where my sister lives oh how great and yeah, i always want to mention it to her but then i'm like it's going to be so much explaining. You should just 
gently suggest she move there. Okay. Rather than trying to explain it, just try to make <laughs> her become a fake housewife of Tuckahoe. Okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Shay was fired from the, the fake housewives for being too fake, and Alexis was fired for being too trashy. The writing on this show is just like... <laughs> not not a ton of brain cells yeah not a ton okay the india mayhem storyline is that india is a shoplifter Mm -hmm. and mayhem is like the shop girl that catches her Mm -hmm. and i mean like this is lifted from real life yeah because india was a shoplifter and producers obviously knew this yeah 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 so they purposely did this which <laughs> great, is great great and the cracker juju blair thing was a Lori laughlin-esque mm-hmm. storyline tinsley is playing a tinsley mortimer blair is playing a tinsley i was mortimer. like tinsley <laughs> no my brain farted Blair is playing a Tinsley Mortimer-esque character with Juju playing a Lori Laughlin slash Dale Dale Mercer character. Mm-hmm. And then Cracker, I, I couldn't really figure out what she is trying to play. It's like, I don't really know either. This, okay, this scene confused me so much. Mm-hmm. But let's, okay, let's go into the individual scenes. The first one was Shay and Alexis. At like, um, you know, like one of those lunch hotspots in LA. It's supposed to be like the Ivy. Yeah, exactly. With Ross playing a GMZ cameraman. Yes. Performance of a lifetime. I loved their two housewives looks. Mm-hmm. But that was pretty much all I loved. <laughs> I mean, it was like fine. It was fine. It was it was okay. The problem is when like Alexis loses control. Mm-hmm. Cause that high pitched voice she starts doing drowns everything else out. And then also you can't really understand what she's trying to say. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even it's not an accent thing. It's purely like the level at which she is talking. It takes too much control of the scene. Exactly. So that was to me that was like middle of the pack. Yeah. The Juju Cracker Blair thing to me like Juju was the standout. I thought so too, but I think they they like want to have this narrative about Cracker because she won like a skit challenge last time. Yeah. That like she's like this brilliant comedic mind and like she's so much smarter than everyone else. But I think the smartest person in the room is Juju for, at all times. For sure. And I think they want to avoid in this format having someone win twice in a row. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want the same person being the sole member of the cast who is lip-syncing against the assassins. Yeah, and it's like, I think with All-Stars 2, they learned a little bit from, like, Alaska 
dominated most of that season. Mm-hmm. And they've had people who've dominated most of their like all stars three it was ben until it wasn't ben you know yeah so it's like i think they're trying to avoid like a domination which can happen in all stars yeah and it's tv shows so producers can pick whoever the fuck they want to win yeah but it should have been juju i mean blair was fine and cracker was fine too Mm -hmm. actually this is a good point to point out that i wish they judged the boy drag as part of this as well because mm-hmm. to me that was like some of the better acting and improvisation yeah and it really did feel like that if you've ever watched that tmz live show it felt like it and you know me i cannot give cracker a compliment to save my life but i would say cracker and mayhem were my two favorites in the boy drag cmz studio mm-hmm. like cracker really embodied the TMZ, like, bro culture thing. Yeah. Blair was insane. Blair was a fright. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking, like, Justin Bieber, Ellen. <laughs> it was like Kate McKinnon as Ellen, that yeah. wig. But I thought I thought Mayhem did really well in the boy drag as, mm-hmm. did, as a cracker. Well, I mean, never forget when he was Kanye West. Yeah, exactly. Okay, and then last, India and Mayhem. Now, the night of watching this, I thought it was, like, pretty funny, and then it takes a weird turn when, when we start doing the licking. hmm But then, like, watching the second time, their scene was the most memorable to me. It was memorable, but I don't necessarily think that's, like, a always thing. a good thing. I think the licking thing was such a weird choice to make an improv and a weird choice to stick to, I feel like. Yeah. Because that just was like, why would you make that the choice of any, you can pick anything to be your improv choice and you choose this. And I think it's like memorable because the vase moment was funny. Yeah. There were funny moments in that. Yeah. I mean, even India just like starting the scene, sneaking out. With some good acting. I just feel like the loyalty to India Farah that happens in that household wow. is is fogging things up for you. Oh, I, I neglected to mention we did get fake Housewives of Tuckahoe taglines. Mm-hmm. And since we are on such a tagline kick this episode, might as well share those. Alexis says, I'm not just sickening, I'm contagious. That was great but also weird for this current time i know it was very prescient mm-hmm. and then shays was i may be pretty on the outside but in the inside i'm pure garbage great. cute but alexis's was better but mm-hmm. they were both cute and then mayhem got like a little cutout scene as well in terms of she was a former contestant of the bitchler mm-hmm. which i thought she did a good job in that acting moment mm-hmm. better than it, the scene and that was the name of the bachelor parody on all stars three right yeah yeah i love a self-reference i like when the universe comes back yeah together. i mean i think even fake housewives of Tuckahoe was mentioned before when they did it in season seven yeah they did taglines yeah okay um 
So we're doing, we're getting ready for a cam, uh, camo couture. Alexis thought it was camel toe couture. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our guest judge this week, Sarah Highland in Vanessa Hudgens drag. So wild. <laughs> like giving off the same, not only the same look as Vanessa Hudgens, but the same energy as Vanessa mm-hmm. Hudgens. Except she didn't say, I'm so into voguing right now. She did say she was gagging. She did say <laughs> she is a true East Village hood rat queen. It was, it was mm. something. Her boyfriend is on that show we watched a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, let's do the looks. Juju coming out in that chic, glam camo look. I liked it. It reminded me of um, True Beverly Hills. To me, it was the best Juju has looked so far this season. Yeah, maybe ever. Maybe ever. Okay, Crackers, high pony, little mix look, as you would describe it. It was better than most of her stuff. She usually wears wigs that like bog her down, and this one finally didn't to me. It didn't bog her down, but it also didn't look... It looked like it was plopped on her head. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but also, this look was the least interesting to me of everyone's look. Okay. Did you see that at all or not, really? No, I mean, like, there were looks that were less interesting to me. Okay. All right, Blair's tree camo costumey look yeah i mean i've heard people like criticize her for this like not actually being camo but i think it's an interpretation yeah i liked the look i yeah i I, like it was a very pretty look it was a little liberal on the assignment Mm -hmm. but i don't care like i like like a good look is a good look you know good looks good look Okay, Shay's 60s print gardener look. Perfect, everything, amazing. Loved it, great. Love that we're taking the camo, but then just like doing something else with it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, Alexis as the Snow Queen. Love. Really? Yeah. I liked that she went in the snow direction, that kind of camo. To me, it just felt like this was a costume for a different runway challenge. It kind of did read um, Stassi and Ariana joint birthday party to me that they did. Yeah. But also, wasn't there a challenge a season or two ago? I I can't remember. It was the Cameron Michael season because I remember her in my head. That was like something frozen. But was it... Didn't there they sing Let year. It Go? Yeah, what? Was that season 12? Was that this year? That might have been season 12. So then I can't blame her for that. Yeah. That, that might have been season 12. I think it was season 12. I think it happened in quarantine. Mm. Mm. Did it? We'll have to check our facts on that. 
I feel so stupid right now. Because it was for, yes, because the thing was, it seemed so misplaced because it was specifically an ad for Frozen on Broadway or like Frozen on tour. And it was like, we can't go to that right now. It was Britta and Aiden Zane. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But didn't season whatever Cameron Michaels was on do something similar too? Or she just like wears looks like this? I think she just wears looks like that. Okay. Okay, I'll, I'll fault Alexis less given the fact that season 12 was actually filmed after this, if I got my facts straight. Mm-hmm. I might be wrong about that. I mean, like, she wouldn't have been able to see it yeah, regardless. Exactly. Okay. Mayhem. This is the look that I was saying I care less about than the look we were talking about earlier. See, to me, for, for uh, Quacker's look, to mm-hmm. me, this look was similar to that in terms of we're, we're just working with camo. Mm-hmm. But I, I like the colors more on this. I like Mayhem's hair and makeup more in this. I like mm-hmm. Mayhem's proportions with like the dress more. Okay. So I think like we are on a similar playing field with the two of them but Mayhem is doing so many things better with her look than Cracker is. I see that in some ways, but also then at the end of the day, it's also like a a leotard look, which gets read all the time on the runway from like Michelle Visage and others. Yeah, but then Cracker goes and throws on a leotard for her lip sync. Hey. (laughs) Hey. Okay, and then last but not least, India Farah, which I thought for me had like the look of the week. You, you think that was the look of the week when Shea Coulee is right there? It was like India and Shay. India's look was interesting. To me, it was, it was just, good. It was so different from every India look we've seen before. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't even know it's India, right? It away. just was like really bulky, but in, but but not in a who was that queen that like got kicked? Not in like a soju way, where where soju got lost in the right. bulkiness. Like this was a curated bulkiness, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then we had our. The safe girls were Blair and Shay, our, our eventual top two. <laughs> uh, the top girls were Juju Cracker. And then our bottom girls were uh, Mayhem and India. And I'm leaving someone out. Oh, Alexis was also in the top. Mm-hmm. Or was she a potential bottom girl? I think I she think- I think she just was like safe. Okay, yeah, she was just safe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, what what did you make of like the judging and who ended up where? I thought the bottom was correct, given okay. the challenges. Yeah. Um, the top didn't make sense to me, but yeah, I'll never stand cracker. The only crackers I stand are Ritz, Triscuits, and Triscuits. And I actually like wheat thins, and I actually like saltines. Okay. <laughs> I like a lot of crackers, actually. <laughs> Just not the Miz. Okay. 
So we got Lip Sync Assassin, who really only won one lip sync. <laughs> Morgan McMichaels. Yeah. But I think like she's just like known in the world as a good yeah. lip syncer. Yeah. It was to Where Have You Been by Rihanna, which is kind of a callback to Tatiana and Alyssa lip syncing to Shut Up and Drive. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was a good lip sync. Okay. Do you think it was a double win? No. Who I think won? Morgan won. Yeah, I think Morgan won. I don't I don't like some of Ms. Cracker's li- antics. She it was it was like one too many antics. Yeah. The one that pissed me off the most was the fake break dancing or whatever. Like the spinning around, like is that what it's called? Break I don't know what it is, but like when she was like on the ground and then Morgan decided to jump over her legs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the exact moment. That was, there was like one too many corny moments like that. Yeah. So I wouldn't, I would have given it to Morgan. Same. And called called it a day. Uh, The only other thing is, you know what? Like with these assassins, I wish, I wouldn't know how they would rejudge this, but I wish they could hang out with the girls during Untucked. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Agreed. There was a clip that was posted. Was it during Untucked? That was like Morgan going to visit Mayhem? No, because it was Michelle visiting Mayhem during Untucked. All right. So there's a clip that was posted online of Morgan going to visit Mayhem like after the fact, like once they were like packed up. Uh-huh. So there's that. Yeah, that's something. Next week we have Snatch Game of Love. I hate the game of... Why can't it just be regular Snatch Game? I wonder if it's since we only have six girls now. Mm-hmm. So the, the Snatch Game would look very thin. Yeah. I don't know. They should have just done it episode two. I know. It's like in the middle of all these acting challenges. <laughs> I know. They don't show us a single girl in their Snatch Game look. Probably because it's only six people and they don't want to spoil too much. But they do say someone's performance is one of the best Snatch Game performances of all time. Who could it possibly be? It has to be like Shay or Juju, right? It's randomly going to be like someone like Miss Cracker. Shut up. (laughs) I can't wait. Okay, let's get to our Freak of the Week and the One True Queen. Okay, the freak of the week is what was revealed this week as the new Roni at-home confessionals. <laughs> An audio quality not unlike many of our early Come Through Queen episodes. A lighting that is fresh out of the House of Horrors <laughs> they visited just l- last new episode what why are we why are we here (laughs) it looks so i was the only one who finished the season of camp getaway and it looks worse than the confessionals that the camp getaway people did from their homes is it the housewives can't figure out the settings 
I think they can't figure out the lighting. It's like, it's all lighting. Yeah. But it's also audio. In the audio, you know, the audio. God. I, this is going <laughs> to... This is going to leave such a mark on the, on the legacy. <laughs> well, I mean, it'll be like a reminder of where we were. Yeah. I know. I just like watching it. So was it you who posted it? Yeah. I saw it and I couldn't even bring myself to watch it until right before I went to bed. And then it just made me sad. Oh my God. It's not that serious, Dan. I know it's not serious, but <laughs> it's just like, what? We know that they film confessionals while this is all happening too. Mm-hmm. What happened here? Well, I mean, it seems like they were used to this uh, way of filming confessionals where they would film some during the season and then some after the season and then COVID-19 happened. So they probably like delayed, 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 like, and thought we were going to be back. But then they were like, Oh fuck, we have to do our confessionals now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Not loving it. Okay. And then our one true queen, someone has a new book. Why don't you tell us about it, Brendan? Oh my God. So Sunny Hostin, queen of the view um, one of the iconic co-hosts has a new book that's going to be coming out um, very soon. Um, it's September 2020. Yes, yeah, September 2020. Do you have the name of the book in front of you? I am these truths. I am these truths. Um, we're always rooting for her. She, especially now with like everything that's happening in the world, has to endure bullshit from a certain co-host on a regular basis. Yeah. And so we're going to support her. It's a memoir of identity, justice, and living between worlds. It's available for pre-order now. We might fuck around and do a come through queen um, book club. Oh my God. Can't wait. Woo. Well, that's it for this week. Guys, we talked so much about taglines this week. Our Patreon bonus episode (laughs) is going to be a discussion of the best and worst taglines from each franchise. Brendan and I are going to pick one from each category from each franchise. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Check it out at patreon.com slash come through queen. And that's that. You can follow Dan at IDK IDK. You can follow me at not Brendan. You can join the Facebook group. You can follow us on Twitter at come through queen. You can follow us on Instagram at come through queen podcast. Um, Yeah. Wow. Leave a review for us on iTunes podcast app while you're at it. So that's it for us this week. Like, comment, subscribe, heart, share, retweet. Love us, love us. Please retweet. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. I want to see you come through, queen. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.